0: Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central.
1: Start the game! Let's go!
2: We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll can. write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
0: barbecue central show. This is a show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling, continually originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Grampy. Happy to have you aboard. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, we got a lot of great guests. we got a lot of topics to cover. I'm happy to have you via the email
1: or the phone call. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at com. On the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Everything
0: else you want to find out about the show can be found out at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening this evening it is the second Tuesday of the month, and you know that's going to bring a visit from the guy that's created the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website to date. You can find that at amazingribs.com, and for the first time in 2020 we will be rejoined by meathead a man who only needs to go by one name meathead then we will move to the second hour and in the second hour we will potentially have a second time guest we will for sure have a one time or a first time guest the first time guest is in that first interview segment in the second hour she is the current brand manager at Smithfield Pork. You would recall uh, last year, Emily Detweiler stepped away, and this lady has uh, taken over as brand manager. Her name is Laura Paul, and we will be unveiling the 2020 Smithfield Grant recipient winners. Grant program recipients? There's got to be a better way to say that. We'll be... Let's try it again. We'll be... Unveiling and revealing the 2020 Grant Program Recipients. (laughs) There we go. Fabulous. Also, a little background on Laura since she'll be first time on the show. Where she's currently stationed, love of live fire. You know, oftentimes I wonder with people in this kind of a position, are they even lovers of live fire? So we'll see what it's all about. I mean, I don't think you have to be a lover of live fire to be a great marketer. I don't think you have to be anything in particular to be a great marketer. You just have to have that wit, wisdom, ability to want to work, stand out, try new things, and realize what isn't working quickly and what is working and continue to do that a little bit more. So we'll talk to Laura about all that stuff. And then helping me potentially close out the show in the bullpen segment, and it is uh, rapidly becoming known as. Second timer to the show, the creator of Veterans Q barbecue Sauces and Rub, Steve Luloffs, might be joining me, and I am hedging bets firmly, and I typically don't like to do that. But he is currently on the bird heading from Chicago to New York City. I think maybe it was Washington, D.C., one of those two. Maybe it was neither of those. Not Cleveland, I can guarantee that. And when he lands or wheels down time, hopefully pulling up to the gate. I mean, what is going on here? Do I want to take a phone call right off the bat? Well, I was going to take a phone call, and then they dropped out. Um, Steve Mayer. So look, Steve Mayer may not be available. I'm thinking west side to east, or a west coast flight going east. You get the tailwind. Lots of ability because it is windy outside, too. So that means winds aloft are also going to be whipping at a pretty good rate. So if you get up there good enough, tailwinds will show that you could find a uh, prevailing trip quickly. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Steve Luloff's potentially joining us to talk about NBBQA. All right. Well, let's see how this goes. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead.
1: You're not allowed back anymore. Wonderful.
0: I think that was one of those services. Prank phone call services? Know this, I'm not allowed back anymore. We got to do better than that with the with the phone calls, right? Somebody could prank me in person better than that. Don't forget, you can follow me socially if you like it, at BBQ Central Show Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, slash BBQ Central Show Facebook. And there you have it. So where do we start as we look back on last week? Lots of reaction to that show. Malcolm Reed continues to be the best ad in regular guests in years. Everyone loves him. Also, it seems to be a surprise to many of you that he comes on this show of his own free will. Because he's such a YouTube star. Give me a break. I've been doing this a long time. He's happy to come on and be a regular. Uh, Let's be honest. It's a freaking honor for him to get off me. Next. And to answer Sam the Cooking Guy's question from last week as he just kind of threw it out there as we were concluding our conversation. And I quote, is our conversation not food related enough where we're boring your audience with our banter? What happened is I didn't hit the mute button. Back. God, I hate that. The answer, of course, is a resounding no. We are not bored. In fact, I got a number of emails and phone calls from people that said last week's segments were the best to date. If you aren't aware, Sam's first appearance on this show, believe it or not, was February 7th, 2012 and 2019. Started his recurring role on the show, but we have had a number of visits in between now and then. And many of you think last week's is the current pinnacle of conversations that we've had so far over now our eight-year relationship. So that's good to hear. Lastly, the KCUR report on the state of the KCBS has maybe made it to another news cycle. I will call Tuesday the beginning of a new news cycle for us. Maybe it's died off in the last 36 hours. One of the authors took on many of the members, KCBS members, her name is Peggy Lowe, uh, questioning their reasons for posting it, calling it one-sided. And according to that author or writer, there were many people in person I'm sorry, there was a in-person meeting scheduled with Emily Detweiler later last week, but that ended up getting canceled by KCBS, saying that they, quote, having a meeting wasn't going to be constructive at that time, close quote. Now, look, that's certainly KCBS's prerogative to take or not take meetings as they see fit. There were a number of people that thought, hey, if the news people are calling, you have to pick up that phone, you have to answer questions or you have to go to print or something along those lines. But it is absolutely up to KCBS and the board and the CEO on how they want to address things. There is a huge post on the KCBS website, if it hasn't been taken down yet, that was started by Peggy Lowe in an effort to keep the flow of information transparent. There was quite a, big, a bit of back and forth and, of course, speculation going on in the thread. Here's what I can tell you. There is a large amount of distrust from the members as it relates to Randall Bowman, Mike Peters, and Arlie Bragg and what they did in their time on the board. There also seems to be quite a bit of positive support for the current KCBS board and the CEO and their ability to A, stop the bleeding, and B, eventually get the organization headed in the right direction, and that seems to be sooner or later. And that's what I can tell you. As I read through it, as I start to discern names and see who's being brought up over and over again, it's those three guys. It was a weird post by the writer to go on the KCBS website uh, you had to know there was going to be some backlash uh, there could be blind support on either side and she was ready to take on all takers I mean I don't know if if that's normal practice for writers to get engaged if you will and I'm saying that in a nice way to the KCBS membership here's one thing that I know as I've read KCBS posts, Low these many years. They are a fervent bunch. And if they think you're coming after them, they in turn will come back after you uh, right or three, four times harder. So Peggy might want to think about where she's posting stuff to minimize her damage. It was a weird post. And there was quite a bit of savage chatting going on there Smokin' Joe's Barbecue Pizza Meathead coming up out of the break I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, Sterling Ball, by the way uh, was two weeks ago or this past weekend is that right? two weeks ago? Sterling Ball taking down the 40th Grand Championship of his career Also, we say happy birthday to pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers, Sterling Ball. Day late. Big Papa's is the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself, from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to become a better outdoor cook. They have 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Desert Gold, Double Secret Steak Rub, Little Louis Season Salt, all of my favorites. And there's plenty more after that. If you're cooking to impress the judges, if you're grilling to impress your family, Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs deliver on both fronts. If you're looking for something a little bit more original, go ahead and buy some Simply Marvelous barbecue rubs to go along with your Big Papa's. And now you're operating with the West Coast offense. Over the past few years, West Coast offense cornering the market on competitive barbecue, but I don't need to tell you that. You know all about it. They also own Granny's barbecue sauce, that being Big Papa Smoker. So if you're looking for something a little bit off the beaten path or you're looking to change it up a little bit, Granny's is something you're going to want to try. It's delicious. Also, they have the smokers and the grills, if you want. They got the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. They're the exclusive Mac dealer online. Nobody else does that. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Old Hickory Ace BP. It's a charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. In fact, he trusts it so much, it's the only charcoal smoker on his competition trailer. Not sure of what grill you need? Hey, you can't go wrong with anything they have lifted on the website. If you have any questions, you call them. 877-828-0727 that's 877-828-0727 or you shop the website at BigPapaSmokers.com that's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com Meathead AmazingRibs.com out of the break stick around be right back
1: Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this
0: portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue. That's right. Makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of which are barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit. As well as in backyards worldwide, be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. Always trust your butcher. Of course, it is the second Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means. a visit from the creator of AmazingRibs.com. That, of course, being Meathead. Hey,
2: Meathead. And here's a toast to you. Happy New Year. That's what we say. Centralized. How about that? Happy New Year to everybody! Happy 2020. May we
0: all make it through in good condition. That's right, and we're starting out
2: very well so far. And uh, oh, two my. weeks. In, you know. Listen to you, yeah. hey. People don't believe Malcolm <laughs> Reed is showing up on your show for free. Hey man, you me- know, he's a big yeah. star, meathead? Can you believe it? I, you know, no, you're a big star, but aren't you paying him as much as you're paying me? absolutely the same exact amount isn't I, it?
0: you could i could take the well i mean if we're being honest meathead we take what i'm paying uh malcolm double it and that's what i'm paying meathead ah.
2: so as i remember high school math two times zero is still zero that's okay. right oh. still zero nah, still zero and nah, let, let, let's be honest here it's fun to talk to you it's an honor And it's good business. It's good because you reach a broad audience and you tell people about my website. And I'm sure Malcolm sees it the same way. Of course. Um, It's fun to talk to you. You always have your own unique slant on things like the KCBS business. Mm. You know, I'm so glad you've been talking about it because your readers or your listeners, I should say. I have readers. You have listeners. That's right. Your Mm -hmm. listeners should know that you and I have talked offline a couple of times about, because I don't compete and I don't hang out in the Cape CBS circles a lot. I know a lot of competitive cooks, I know a lot about the system. I have judged. I don't judge much anymore. And I love KCBS and I love Carolyn Wells. And uh I respect most of the people I've met there, Candy Weaver, the president, and I just want to see them do well. And this whole silly business. And I gotta I gotta confess right up front here. Um I I saw the um uh the KCUR radio show broadcast, um, that somebody had sent me and I, it looked, you know, like it was well done and I retweeted it. And I immediately took, well, not immediately the next day, I took it down after I realized that it was incomplete, poorly reported, one side of the story. You got me straight on it. If people want to know what the story is, you're the one to go to. Um, uh, I'm, I'm just surprised that, um, Emily and the rest of the team at KCBS haven't just come out more forward. But, you know, I don't want to dip my nose into that business. You're the expert on the subject. And uh, uh, I just think Emily and her team are going to get this whole thing on the rails and moving forward. And it's a darn shame that this little scandal has uh, has tainted it.
0: Meathead, let me ask you, because you are uh, or and have been a journalist for any number of decades, and you've written I, for some I of the was.
2: biggest... I was actually trained as a yes. journalist. Did yeah. my ma- I did my bachelor's in journalism at the University of Florida, which is a fine journalism school, and I have worked as a reporter for The Washington Post and The New York Times. Right. So uh, my nose was twitching when this story broke. Uh, how does one, just from
0: a high level, because mm-hmm. a lot of us are not reporters here, we didn't go to journalism school, so as you see a KCUR piece... Uh, I'm led to believe that you buy the validity of a story, not necessarily because it's are, but you see the letters NPR on it. So there's a national thought that they are going to do the right investigative journalism. They're going to make sure they're confirming and not just, you know, recklessly doing stories. Uh, I don't know if we would call it reckless, but it certainly wasn't investigated far enough. Um, And then they make posts on KCBS website to say, oh, hey, we're showing in the effort of transparency. We tried to make a meeting, but it was canceled. And now you have given the opportunity for KCBS members to start barking back on social media. And we all know what kind of a storm social media can get whipped up in if given the right circumstances. And then she starts going back after some of the members. I mean, it just seemed like it was really odd journalism at best.
2: I haven't seen the back-and-forth sniping. You mentioned somebody named Peggy. I know nothing about this. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe you can send me some links or some of the others can. I'd be interested to follow Maybe I don't need need to or have the time. Here's here. I run into this all the time, and this is, I think, the very first time, I'm going to be honest, where my BS meter failed me. I have a really high sensitive BS meter and that this is what you learn in journalism school and also anybody who knows me knows I have an interest in science and reporters and scientists approach questions in a very similar way and the first question we ask always is how do you know this to be true mm-hmm. How do you know this to be true? What is your source? What is your information? What is the background? And there are sources that you should come to trust more often than others. And there are places you can go to check your facts. And, you know, I am constantly receiving um, uh, sheer BS, um, often on politics and other things. And And it just fails the smell test instantly. I did not put this... To the proper smell test when i retweeted it because it came from a trusted news source now i know by the way i feel that npr is a trusted news source nationally i I, and and it sounds like you do as well and i think many others do but i have seen um that many people out there do not many think it is a uh, politically biased slanted and not trustworthy source and they're entitled to that opinion um, as a journalist who has learned how journalism is done properly, it's my opinion that generally NPR does it. But this was a local affiliate of right. NPR right. and local reporters. And part of the problem is, and um, I, you know, I promise to keep my nose out of this, is they did go to uh, KCBS and ask for comment, and they declined. And you mentioned in your uh, in your rant earlier. That uh, people often say when when the when a, when a reporter calls you answer. That's my opinion. In fact, you and I discuss this. When NPR or KCUR, the local affiliate, calls, you take that call. You got to take that call. You got to answer, even if you don't like the idea that they're asking you these questions. You have to answer those questions. I mean, you know, when Mike Wallace calls, you got to take it. Uh, it used to be a running joke around my office. If Mike Wallace calls, Mr. Goldwyn has jumped off of, <laughs> off the cliff. But, <laughs> hey, you know, I once took a call from David Letterman, God help me, and that was, that was pretty funny. But uh, whatever. The story was in, uh, basically slanted, improperly reported, um, uh, and uh, did not have all the facts. And it's too, just too bad. Um, and I, I, you know, it's just got to go under the bridge and we've just got to go forward with it. But I'm really pleased that you got the true story to me and you've been apparently getting it out to your readers. Cause I know when we talked about it, you said you really didn't want to get in the middle of it. It sounds right. like you have no, no, I ha- like-
0: no, no, I haven't gotten in the middle of anything. I've, uh, merely pointed out a few items that I've seen or that I know to be true. Now, let me, well, uh, let me ask another high yeah. level question here real quick. Yeah. You had mentioned, uh, a political and news being tied together. Is there a point now or have we crossed a threshold going forward? And I'll I just say, you know, uh, from the previous election and from any news source that you don't like, you can now call fake news or it's left or it's right. Will we ever regain a, uh, a journalistic view where it's just reporting and not reporting to serve one's political bias or agenda on anything in particular or is are we past that and it's always going to be political based if you don't agree
2: greg that's such a good question i mean that is a question way beyond our scope in barbecue yes and <laughs> I, and i mean i mean it's the kind of question that you expect to hear on 60 minutes or something like that and it's a powerful question because we have always thought of journalism as the fourth estate. We have always felt that newspapers, um, uh, reporters, are the ones who go to the state house, sniff out the crooks, report on the um, uh, untoward behavior, um, who fact check our politicians. um, And in recent years, we have seen their work diminished in the public eye by the people whom they often criticize, Um, which is reasonable. I mean, you know, people take sides, Uh, fairly or unfairly. I mean, there's a level of quality. I watch local news on TV, and it just makes me shudder. Some of these local talking heads who seem to be picked because of their hairstyle uh, are not reporters are not good journalists. <laughs> yeah, your your blue hair, by yeah, the way, lack, uh, lack of hairstyle. Yeah, um, you know, there's a quality of reporting in journalism. You learn the very first thing in journalism school is who, what, when, where, why, how. Who, what, when, where, why, how. Answer those basic questions, and then you have to ask, how do you know this to be true? And a good journalist will ask a question that they know the answer to. Such as, Greg, do you think it's a good idea for me to um, cook my, um, uh, my brisket at 500? No. I know the answer to that question. And if you say yes, then I know you're full of shit and you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's classic journalism. That's classic procedure. You ask questions that you know the answers to to see if the other party knows the answers to them. I mean, they're, 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 the whole process of interviewing, there's technique – um, I mean, there are great interviewers in this world. Mike Wallace was one. Studs Terkel was one. Um, there were great interviewers who knew how to draw out the, 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 the well, I mean, even Barbara Wallace, Barbara, Barbara Walters, to draw out the, uh, the the insides. And and then there are others who don't. And you know, so going hand in hand with the uh, politicians and others who claim everything is fake news. There are people who are just poor quality reporters mm-hmm. who just don't do a good job, who, you know, um, the, the, the 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 after the uh, politician got done with his speech, he stalked off the podium in a huff. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a heavily but you one might report after he was done delivering his speech. He he marched proudly off the podium. So uh, the idea that a lot of journalists have that, it, it, that they can be unbiased is flawed from the beginning. And this is something that I was taught in journalism school is you have to be unbiased. You can't be unbiased. You have your religion, you have your gender, you have your political preferences. And so you have to try to put them aside, but you also have to come to grips with the fact that you can't put them aside. Here's a good example. Um, we are told that when we judge at KCBS um, that we are to taste each of the six or seven or eight samples in front of us independently mm. and not let the taste of one influence the taste of the other. In other words, to be unbiased. Right. You cannot be unbiased when creating a judgment. Judging is by definition subjective. It's not Objective, Right. And so you judging barbecue is a purely subjective procedure. So the pretense that you are objective is fallacious from the beginning. The pretense that a journalist is objective is fallacious from the beginning. So there's just all kinds of deep, layered issues here. I'm a barbecue guy. I did happen happen to train in journalism. I did work for major newspapers. But, you know, I'm an authority. I'm just a minor. I'm I'm not an authority. I'm not a journalist. I just play one on the Internet.
0: Meathead can be found at AmazingRibs.com. And I apologize for diverging like that. But oh God, we were right off on our good topic. Good stuff.
2: Way off the rails. Now, way off the rails. And by, by the way, as long as we're off the rails, yep. I always listen to your intros and your rants and stuff, and you're you're so good at that. But I gotta I gotta give a plug to a couple of your advertisers because oh. I love. Oh well, yeah, I know this. Um, Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers. There are very few people who know the barbecue world as well as Sterling. And I talked to him about this business as well as you, because he's a KCBS competitor and winner of many competitions. He gave me a great deal of insight, Um, a lot of fun to talk to. And I was just recently, I went uh, to Florida on vacation, and I returned to my alma mater, the University of Florida. I haven't been there in 40 years, maybe. And I went to a Gators game um, and – had a ball. Um, uh, uh, some people I met on Twitter invited me to their tailgate party. Oh. God, did they do it up great. There were like 10 families. They had a bar. They, ha- I mean, they have the same place. It was just fantastic. They had homemade sausages. What a great party we had. And then we walked to the game, and it was a grand old time. And uh, that night, um, and the, rather the, the night before the game, I went out to dinner. and went to a place I'd never heard of before called BJ's. And BJ's is a restaurant chain. And Son of a Gun, on the menu, they're serving pork chops seasoned with big popper smokers. Uh, uh, I forget the name of his rub. Sweet Money Rub. Sweet Money, Sweet Honey, whatever. I don't know. I don't know the names of his products. I've tried them. They're very good. Oh, Very good. Um, But the idea that there I was in this restaurant a long way from home, and they're serving... Um, Big Papa and his his stuff was all over the menu. Yes, so I mean the guy's got chops. He's got cred. Um, uh, people uh, who are looking for rubs uh, would do worse than and try them. The other one is you is Butcher's Blend, and he's another guy who's just really making great products. So here I am plugging you and your advertisers, but uh, you got good advertisers. I love Butcher's Blend product and. Uh, Uh, the people behind it so Uh, we
0: certainly appreciate the endorsement from meathead at amazingribs.com no doubt about it now quick review meathead being a barbecue pontificator i don't know if you knew (laughs) you were doing that or not but months ago you let Traeger have it with both barrels as it related to their (laughs) tastes like gas internet commercial however
2: we talked about it on this channel
0: yes we did and you admonished them uh, on a number of fronts. Charbroil, however, also took them to task recently, and they actually won their claim with the NAD, which is the National Advertising Division, telling Traeger to not use those commercials going forward anymore because no amount of humor, which is what they were arguing on their side, will ever override their false claim Uh that... uh, that it tastes like gas, did you see that coming?
2: Oh, I didn't see the NAD coming. First of all, the NAD doesn't have any legal uh, weight. I think they're a division of the Better Business yes, correct. Bureau, which, That's is, right. w- which I have some issues with also. But um, uh, the, the, it, it's, a, it's a trade association uh, with with a, uh, an ethical standard, and basically they have judges, and they judged and declared the Traeger ads to be false and misleading as Char um, uh, Charbroil uh, claimed them to be. And as you and I discussed, right. I found them, I found them frustrating just for people who are not clear on the background. Um, Traeger had a series of funny ads. They were attempting to be humorous. Uh, and, and and just because you attempt to be humorous doesn't mean you are humorous. God knows I'm guilty of that often. Um, uh, but um they um, uh, they were the, the theme of the some some doofus is out there on his gas grill and people are tasting the food and says, oh, it tastes like gas. And it's a double time. Does it taste like gas or does it taste like ass? And, you know, anybody who really understands barbecue understands that gas does not impart a flavor. Uh, There is um, a myth that it does, but it doesn't. Um, uh, When you cook with gas, the only byproducts are water and um, uh, carbon dioxide and carbon monoxide. And there's no gas flavor. There's no propane flavor anything that can uh, flavor the meat. It's relatively flavorous. If you want flavor, you can throw wood chips on there and get some flavor. And cooking with charcoal is a different technique. And I know there's a lot of snobs out there who just turn up their nose at uh, gas grills, but I have a gas grill that I absolutely adore. I have one too, and uh, there are times when it it, there is nothing better than my gas grill. Um, I just had a burger today that was cooked on a flat top griddle. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, I mean, if uh, in my book, if you can make good food, I don't care how you make it. And um, uh, you know, if Traeger wants to.
1: So
2: I may have told the story. I'll tell it as quickly as I can. But when I was a boy, um, my dad's black and white TV died. We're going back into the 50s. And when it died, dad said, "Okay, it's time to get a new TV. They got these newfangled color TVs. Let's go get one. And we went out, and in those days, there was an RCA store, there was a Zenith store, there was a Philips store. You didn't have a Best Buy where they were all in one store. And so we went to all the stores, and you went to the RCA store, and they said, don't buy the Zenith, it's a piece of shit. Don't buy the um, uh, Philips because of the – and basically all their sales pitch was the competitor product sucked. And then you went to the next guy, and they did the same thing. Don't (laughs) buy the – other. and we came home empty-handed, and we went out and bought a black-and-white TV. Because, uh, and and the moral is, and I always tell people who sell with me, is sell the benefits of your product. Don't sell against the deficits of your uh, competitor's product. Sell your product for what it does best. And, and you know, for Traeger to sit there and try to demean gas grills. Is just beneath their dignity. And it it, would, it was a joke. It was meant to be funny, but it didn't work. And then the advertising um, ethicists uh, slapped their wrist for it. It's so good for them. Okay. And uh, I, I, I was on it uh, uh, way before them.
0: Meathead is right here predicting the barbecue future. Uh, AmazingRibs.com is his website, of course. Meathead, stand by just for one second, then we'll start talking about things like pastrami and smoked Bloody Marys and pork butt processes. I have Facebook questions from people as well, so stand by and we will come right back with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. I will quickly talk to you about the longest running sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru. Uh, automatic pit temperature control devices. I was just talking to my day job district sales manager from Peterbilt Manufacturing, who I have gotten into the live fire industry. as a big green egg. He's getting ready to buy a pellet cooker as well, and he was complaining just a little bit about controlling the temperature of the Big Green Egg. And I said, well, you want to get rid of the Big Green Egg? And he said, no, I like it a lot. And I said, okay, well, quickest fix. Go to barbecueguru.com that's BBQGuru.com, and then look at a number of their automatic pit temperature control devices that they have. I recommended the party PartyQ to him. He's a little bit more on the frugal side, isn't looking for a lot of tech, just something to keep the temperature. Party Q does that. And for that extra large big green egg, for instance, 150 bucks. So real cheap point of entry, keeps the temperature right where he wants it. He doesn't have to worry about it getting out of control or wind spikes or anything like this. But if he wants to upgrade the tech or do something a little bit more outrageous, he can look into the cyber Q cloud or the digi or something along these lines. So if you're in the same boat, as a guy whose name rhymes with Sam, then you might want to go over to the Barbecue Guru and check out what they have as well when it comes to pit temperature control devices or all their accessories are really great. They have that rib ring that turns your ceramic cooker into double the rib cooker than it was traditionally. The website, bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. If you have questions, don't guess. Please call 800-288-GURU. That's 800 288 Guru. Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. And we will be back with more Meathead from AmazingRibs.com in one second. Stick around, we'll be right back.
1: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way, you're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampy. Oh yeah, Cooking Pellets is also a place you got to hook up with.
0: If you have a pellet-driven cooker, Cooking Pellets is the place to go. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can buy at CookingPellets.com or on Amazon. I think uh, two or three weeks ago on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, we replayed a conversation with Chris Becker that was excellent. You want to check that out. And we are rejoined by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. All right, Meathead, so we got a lot of cooking stuff to get to on the short side of this segment. Uh, First and foremost, let's talk a little promotion for AmazingRibs.com. And we have talked a number of times about. This thing called sous vide or sous vide Q or whatever you call it, but you were writing a chapter. Uh, correct me when I start to steer off the wrong or the right ship here. But you were writing a chapter for the upcoming book on sous vide and that chapter turned into something a little bit more. And you decided to say, "Hey, let's take this great appendix now that I have wrote I've written on sous vide and put it up on Amazon."
2: Well, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, we just the dovetail into what we were talking about before. I don't care how you cook as long as it tastes great. Yep, yep. Um, uh, Sous vide is something that by now I hope your readers, uh, your listeners, know something about. But it's a technique of cooking in a plastic bag in a warm water bath. And um, uh, it's a really clever concept and has some real benefits. Um, and, 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 uh, especially when you combine it with smoking and grilling. And so we, Clint Cantwell, who worked for us was really into it. And he and I did some deep dive and we did a lot of experimenting and I was going to write a chapter for my forthcoming book on sous vide Q, which is a term we coined for when you combine sous vide with grilling and barbecue and, um, uh it just grew and grew and grew because uh, the more we experimented with it the more we learned and by the way uh, you ask me tough questions because i have formed some opinions now i uh, oh. i had some dist- you know views from 30,000 feet i now have some up close and personal views and i have an idea of what works and what doesn't work all right and uh, i was much more enthusiastic about it than i am now but I still compiled all this info into a 60-page, uh, approximately, book, um, which is now on Amazon. It's a Kindle book, and it's called Sous Q Made Easy. Um, and uh, if you're a Kindle owner, you can download it for 3.99. If you've got Kindle Unlimited, it's free. Um, and if you're a member of the Pitmaster Club, um, it's free and it's on the Pitmaster Club. I embedded it on one of the pages, so you don't have to pay for anything. It's what they call a flip book. It looks mm-hmm. like a book; you can turn the pages, and all the it's full of links to other sources. And it's a balanced. Speaking of journalism, it's a balanced reporting. It's not a enthusiastic endorsement, sales pitch about why you have to go out and spend hundreds of dollars on a sous vide machine and a special tank and covers and stuff. It, it does discuss all the equipment and your options, but it also discusses what works and what doesn't work and why it's why you might want to do it and why you might not. And um, I'm, I'm very pleased with the output and the results. And if you're into it, if you're experimenting or you want to experiment with it, um, it would be three ninety nine well spent.
0: alright three ninety nine well spent. Agreed with that. AmazingRibs.com is the website if you want to check it out. And Meathead is right here talking with us, as he does the second Tuesday of every month. I'm trying to figure out what topic I want to cover next.
2: Well, uh, ask me what, what I don't like about Q because you know I have spoken <laughs> about it in, in the positive terms before. So give me the... All right, uh, give me the contrary uh, opinion then. Well, I've learned a few things. It ain't good for everything. Um, uh, There is just no reason to throw a ribeye steak in there. What? No, uh, there's just no reason to do it. That's the only reason I sous vide
0: anything is for the steak meathead.
2: Well, I'll tell you. um, I have done reverse sear, which our friend and hopefully he's listening and I, John Dawson, termed redneck sous vide. Um, uh, and uh, side-by-side with sous vide. And what sous vide does exceedingly well is it makes meat tender. So why would you take a ribeye, which is tender, or a filet mignon, which is tender. And gross. and, And put it in a sous vide. Now, if you have some rump, if you have a tough cut, even brisket, beef brisket, Uh, Those are tough cuts, and sous vide really does a great job on making them tender. But one of the things that sous vide does also that's really interesting is there is a lot of what they call purge in the bag. There's a lot of liquid comes out of the meat. Um, When you grill, you don't see that liquid. It drips on the fire. When you cook in a frying pan, it comes out in the pan and it vaporizes. But in the sous vide bag, it gets captured in the bag. And depending on how long you've cooked and what temperature you've cooked at, there can be quite a lot of liquid in that bag. Shocking. Um, Now, don't be be thinking that it's boiling or braising because you're cooking at a very low temperature. Um, But there's a lot of liquid in that bag. And so it is not a moisturizing process. It is a tenderizing process. So it is really best suited for tough cuts. And, uh, and when you do, a, and I've done this now, and I have pictures of it in this booklet, a inch and a half to two-inch ribeye steak, sous vide versus reverse sear. The reverse sear steak has significantly more flavor, but it is only slightly more tough. But it is more tough. The sous vide is more tender, a bit more juicy but has much less flavor Mm. because you've reverse seared. You've been in a grilling smoky atmosphere. And even if you're just cooking on a gas grill or a charcoal grill, you're still getting flavor from the grill, from the flame, from infrared that you don't get, even when you take it out of the bag and you throw it over a hot grill to sear it. So um, in my world, I want flavor more than tenderness.
0: I thought, Meathead, and uh, maybe I'm showing my ass here a little bit, when it came to States, because, again, that's how I really came to know and like sous vide process, and it wasn't for gaining tenderness. It was strictly for having, as you would say, bumper-to-bumper color from top to bottom and left to right. So I set the machine at 125 degrees. After an hour or two or whatever it is, I'll take it out, pat it dry, I have the gas grill rip roaring, and then it's uh, 35 to 45 seconds each side to put some color on it. A mm-hmm. little grilling oil butter flavor from butchers mm-hmm. as we come off, and that's it. And when I cut into it, it is a perfect medium rare, and that's why I was doing it. I didn't realize that sous vide was for a texture or tenderness first and everything else second.
2: Well, do, my, do the same experiment. Um, well, I get, don't
0: think I want to do that now. I'll just do a oh, reverse no, sear. Don't take my
2: word for it. this is an easy experiment and, and and call me on it if i' if I'm wrong. But I mean, what I did was I got a a, 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 a ribeye roast, and I cut steaks out of it. so they're identical, essentially. Yeah, And I did one reverse sear and one sous vide. and um and I've done it more than once. And the, the flavor of the reverse sear is definitely I, without question. How, I yeah. mean,
0: I don't even know if you need to make a scientific experiment on that. I mean, if you know the environments of both, the one that is you reverse
2: get seared get it has to, to be. Bumper, you can get put a proper color um, when you reverse sear. Hmm. I mean, you can get it. Uh, so uh, it's not just a matter of uh, temperature and doneness. And by the way, one of the things we did uncover, um, um, I uh, – I have a very close relationship with a uh, food safety expert, a microbiologist who just recently retired from the FDA who knows a great deal about food safety and happens to sleep in the bed next to me. And uh, (laughs) and, uh, uh, we've looked a lot at the safety business, and I strongly recommend in this document that you not cook under 131. That there are a few bacteria um, pathogens um, that you can't kill at 125, um, but um, 131 will get everybody, and uh, that's our so. But 131 is a still perfect medium rare, and it's a great temp, um, uh, and it works for everything. But once, once just, you take I mean, the once
0: you take the meat out of the bag and hit it in the grill, then you've killed whatever is remaining on the surface.
2: Well, on the surface, and that's that's important because most of the Pathogens are on the surface, not on the inside, but there can be some guys running around on the inside. I just I just came to the conclusion after doing a lot of research and studying, 131 is a great temperature f- for dumbness, for lamb, for beef, even for fish. I like fish at 125 normally. Uh, But 131 is perfectly good, especially in sous vide, and you know you're dead on safe there.
0: All right. Well, that's a whole bit of information that I wasn't expecting this evening. And we
2: have charts, and I list all the pathogens and what temperature they Uh die at and stuff like that. It's in that booklet. Um, There's a lot of stuff on safety in there. As you know, there's a lot of stuff on safety all over our website, too.
0: That's right. Go to Amazon.com and get that sous vide book if you're interested in that. Um, let's hit this before we run out of time. I have seen the, uh, evolution and now growth of smoky cocktails and uh, uh, my buddy from Hawaii sent me a post and said, oh, Meathead's on fire today over on LinkedIn. I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time I was on LinkedIn, okay, but he not- said you did a smoked Bloody Mary post and it absolutely... He fell in love with it, so now I have to ask you Ah. about the Smoke Bloody Mary post.
2: Well, um, one of the chapters in my forthcoming book is on smoking cocktails. And um, um, I'm collaborating with a woman named Bridget Bins, who has written 25 cookbooks. And she lives in Paso Robles, has a cooking school. And uh, about a year ago, my wife and I flew out there and spent the night in her little B&B there. And her husband, who's a really accomplished mixologist, um, uh, and Bridget and I, well, I, my wife and I went out and tourist in the daytimes, but we punched in on the clock at three. And punching in meant we were making cocktails. Yeah, And we had a blast. And we did um, uh, a variety of experiments with um, fire and smoke in cocktails. And we tried, uh, you know, grilling the ingredients or smoking the ingredients. And I'm talking about the liquids, the solids, um, you know, like lemons for, and then you squeeze the lemons. Uh, we used the, um, um, uh, the um, smoking gun. Um, we used planks. We tried everything under the sun and um, uh, the, the next book, and I'm posting some of these recipes in the Pitmaster Club. Oh. If you're a member of our Pitmaster Club, I'm sharing the contents of this new book with our members for free. Um, but we did a Dirty Smoky Martini. Um, we did a Negroni. We did an Amaro Sour. We got a Smoky Mary, uh, uh, something we call a Shooting Star which is made with scotch and orange bitters, uh, something called Fire and Blood, which is with a blood orange, um, Amontillado sherry, um, Amaro, Luxardo, uh, great fun. Grilled pineapple margarita. Everybody who is into grilling knows. I'm just going to come out and say it. All right. Have everything you can put on the grill. Nothing in this world. Animal, vegetable, mineral is better than a pineapple. God almighty, I love grilled pineapple.
0: What? <laughs> oh Meathead, my I have to look back at our 10 years of doing interviews together and hold everything in question that you said. I can't believe that the best thing coming off of a grill on any side of anything is pineapple. Have you ever just grilled a slice of pineapple? Uh, Meathead, uh, I... I, I My mind is spinning. I think I'm ready to explode. Of course I have. And never once, never once have I thought that this could be the best thing I've eaten off a grill. No way. Prime rib is better. Every steak is better. Chicken is better. (laughs) Turkey is better. Pizza is better. Meathead, you are off your medicine.
2: We might have to call an end to this whole goddamn thing now. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) I'm a buzz.
2: Let's temper it with the fact that I'm a sugar addict. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just love sweet stuff. But pineapple, it just caramelizes, and it gets so many complex flavors. It just completely – well, first of all, just raw pineapple is fabulous. Stuff. Agreed. But you grill it, and it turns into a whole different animal. I just adore grilled pineapple. So we have a grilled pineapple margarita in the book, mm. uh, uh, something called a hard and smoky Arnold Palmer, um, and and there are just so many like this uses Lapsang Souchong, which is a smoky tea. Um, uh, you can you can you can you can smoke um, the smoking gun. I don't know if your readers know what this is. Oh, but it's it looks a, like a it's Stephen
0: Reichlin's favorite thing.
2: Yeah, it looks like a hash pipe. It's got this little cup, and you put. Um, sawdust in it, and it's got a tube, and it blows smoke. It's, it's a it's a very ephemeral smoke, though. I mean, the smoke doesn't last. I've done some um, wonderful things with things like um, scallops, um, but an hour after you smoke them, you can't taste the smoke. Hmm. But it, they're really great for drinks. You can bubble the smoke through the drink. You can um, hold the glass upside down. Put the smoke and coat the sides of the glass. If you're going to do that, you need to wet the glass because yeah. the smoke sticks to the wet glass. And I've I've done such a deep dive on this. Um, I, I will probably do a book on smoke and fire cocktails, but it's going to be a big part of the next book. Um, uh, a grapefruit gin and tonic. Um, there are just so many fun things we could do. That that that'd be a whole fun new section. Let's let's you and I come on together one night and we'll talk about. Um, uh, uh, grilled and smoked cocktails.
0: Alright, let's work it's on that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, maybe uh, coming up in the springtime we'll uh, set a an yeah. agenda for that, and that way as yeah. springtime rolls out we'll but be able to do... But don't drink
2: anymore. It's I mean, fine.
0: That, you... I love talking about it. It doesn't have to be that... I mean, I'm I'm it's still no fun. fun. Oh, it's come the... on. Peer pressure. Get mm-hmm. off me. Jesus Christ, Meathead, you're on a roll tonight. Uh, <laughs> you can find Meathead at AmazingRibs.com. You can tweet at him on Twitter, although he's a little tempered on Twitter. uh, Just ask him (laughs) quick questions, nothing that requires huge, lengthy uh, answers. Of course, you can't do that in 140. And in the meantime, you can find Meathead right here on this very show, the second Tuesday of every month. Meathead, always appreciate the time, and we will see you back in the month of lovers,
2: February, my friend. Greg, decentralized. always fun to hang with you guys. Happy New Year. There he is, Meathead, from AmazingRibs.com.
0: Right there. And wow, was he talking. He had to have been drinking at a breakneck speed prior to coming on the show. uh, To say that pineapple was the best thing that he's ever had off a grill. I think Meathead was just caught up in a second. You saw him building to it. He was taking pause for a second. He was calculating, hey, if I say this out loud, is this really going to be what I want to say? I think he rethought about it again. And then show spirit got him. And he decided to just put it out there and say that pineapple is the best thing that you can have on a grill. Uh, He's 100% wrong on that. However, I do 100% 100% believe that he thinks grilled pineapple is excellent. Uh, I believe pineapple uh, grilled pineapple is excellent, along with grilled peaches, by the way. Not the best thing that you can have off the grill. Take it up with Meathead on his website, AmazingRibs.com. Head on over to Amazon.com and search out the new Sous Vide Q book that he's just posted up there. Great stuff. Alright, uh, we're back to wrap the first hour Alright, this portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. You can find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. I was just telling that guy about the uh, guru that I work with. I also told him he should probably get a Fireboard. He got some ridiculous remote thermometer setup. I said, Sam, when did you get that? He said, two days ago. Do you have the receipt? Yes. Return that shit. Go to Fireboard.com. Get the Fireboard. It's like 120 bucks more than you spent on whatever you just bought. But you will be thanking me sooner than later. Six ports. Hook it up however you want. Uh, we thank Meathead again for the segment's the last two are the, are we, man, oh man. Meathead has got me all flipped over. We thank Meathead for joining us the last two segments. Steve Ray saying, I bet Meathead thinks Popeyes is the bomb, no doubt. <laughs> it's a 7 out of 10. <laughs> grilled pineapple is a 7 out of 10. Well, according to Meathead, it's 10 out of 10. There is nothing in the world that is better. Nothing in the world than grilled pineapple. I must love grilled pineapple. Again, the Sous Vide Barbecue book is Amazon.com. I would imagine if you just search Meathead and Kindle book or just Meathead, uh, the book will come up first. The uh, Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling, but then I'm sure you'll see the appendix that he has put out. 60-plus pages with words. I refuse to really read words, so if it's not just all pictures... All right, we are heading to the second hour. Your phone calls and emails are welcome. If you wish, 216-220-0966. If you're just joining us, you are in time for a whole other 60 minutes, but you missed the first. That will be available for download wherever podcasts can be fetched in about an hour and 15 minutes from now or so. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. You stick around. We'll be right back. Laura Paul coming up. Maybe Steve Lulofs to close the show. I might or I might not have a whole rant on something called the runner's high. Stick around and see what I got. We'll be right back.